0: Second and four, Madison, the tailback. Play action for Kirk. Here's a deep shot. There's Jefferson. Touchdown! 39-yard touchdown. Cousins to JJ. And the Vikings reclaim the lead. What is up, Vikings fans? Welcome to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm Gabe Henderson, your host tonight from the Vikings Entertainment Network, alongside Vikings.com audio producer and my co-host tonight, Mr. Chris Corso. Tonight, we get you guys up to speed with everything inside the TCO Performance Center this week. We hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. It is now week 12 where we turn our attention to the Vikings versus Panthers Matchup at US Bank Stadium this upcoming Sunday. The Vikings four and six, still looking for a playoff hope. Playing against a, a Panthers team that's four and seven, and they're probably playing more so for pride rather than playoffs. But it's going to be a big game because Teddy two times Teddy Bridgewater is back in town, and we all know how US Bank erupted when Teddy Bridgewater came onto the field after returning from his injury in 2017. This time, no fans but it's going to be a reunion between Teddy Bridgewater and his former teammates and Chris Corso. Now that he's coming back, what were some of your fondest memories of that?
1: I will never forget how loud that stadium was when we were playing the Cincinnati Bengals. The game was over. It was the loudest I have ever heard U.S. Bank Stadium. A lot of good storylines heading into this game, and uh, I'm I'm feeling positive after some some Thanksgiving turkey. So all, all is good.
0: This is a must-win game. You can check that game out on Fox. You can also listen to it right here on the Vikings Radio Network, KFAN 100.3. As always... Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, Pete Bursich and Ben Lieber will be on that call. And you can catch the pregame show at 10 a.m. this upcoming Sunday with Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen and Pete Bursich. Moving on to today, though, we have we have a jam packed show. I'm looking forward to having Ron Johnson here. But before we get to all that, we start the show with the best thing we saw this week in Corso. What was the best thing you saw?
1: I mean, you were involved in the best thing I saw this week. (laughs) It was your Vikings game plan interview with Justin Jefferson. And the Vikings might be without number 19, Adam Thielen, as he hit the reserve slash COVID-19 list earlier this week. Justin Jefferson might be depended on in this game, to say the least, going against his former offensive coordinator. He's now the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers, Joe Brady. So cool little storyline there as well for Jefferson. But he is leading the entire NFL. Not just rookies. He is leading everyone in 3.16 yards per route. So that's pretty amazing for a rookie to lead the entire league. That's my best thing.
0: <laughs> it was amazing talking to a guy like Justin Jefferson. Did he expect this success this early on? And his response was just amazing. He basically said no. Like, it was honest. He was like, I didn't expect this. I knew I wanted to be great. But the success that's, that's came right now, it ha- has been – you know a shocker not for Minnesota Vikings community but for the man that's actually making the rounds in the NFL and Justin Jefferson so it's been interesting to see it was great talking to him that interview was on vikings.com but i think the best thing i saw this week was the attention to detail in practice i had the opportunity to just watch practice this week and i think just the importance on third down. Um, so, you want to be in, you know, third and short. So, first and second down, you, you want to move those chains. And last week, they really didn't do a good job of that. The, the Dallas Cowboys, credit to them having a good game plan. Hey, we know the Vikings want to run the ball on first down. So, we're just going to stack the box. A week before against the Chicago Bears, the Vikings only had two third and tenths. Two third and longs the entire game. They finished that game 6 of 11 11 for third down. So I think the Vikings want to get back to that. And I think a big proponent into the Vikings being successful this week against the second, third down defense in the NFL is running the ball on first and second down. And the the sense of urgency is there. I I wouldn't say practice was tense, but at the same time, I feel like the guys know, hey, one more loss – we're going to be looking pretty uphill trying to get back into this playoff hunt. So we got to win this week. And Mike Zimmer knows that. And this is what he had to say to the media when talking about how to get a win against the Carolina Panthers.
2: Okay. We're excited to get back and uh, try to get back in a win column this week. We've got, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater coming in has played really, really well this, uh, this year gets the ball out quick, really fast receivers. Um, Davis McCaffrey, both really hard run backs, uh, solid offensive line, um, you know, defensively, they're very active. Um, guys uh, give you a lot of different looks, good tackling football team, and we're going to have to play really well to uh, go out there and beat them uh, on uh, Sunday.
0: Mike, I know you've uh, often placed the emphasis on the final 10 minutes of the fourth quarter the last few years. This year, it seems like there's been a lot of games that come down to the final two minutes. Are you uh, Emphasizing or, or focusing on that kind of going forward.
2: Um, yeah, it's you know it's hard. Obviously, we do two minute drills, but it's it's really hard to get back into training camp mode with less, with a basically a two minute drill. But you're right. Uh, seems like every game that we've been in has come down to the last last drive or last two drives of the game. So um, you know, hopefully, we'll play good the rest of the game. And but we obviously, you know, last week there was a fourth and six. Um, you know, we, hey, we're we going to have to – in order to win games in and, and Carolina, they've had uh, I think eight of their games have been within eight points or less anyway, so it's been all one-score games. Um, you know, so that's that's including the game. Like last week they won 20 to – not including the games, they won 20 to nothing.
0: So we know Zimmer's approach is not going to change no matter the team, no matter the day, and you, you want that out of a head coach. But when you move on to this injury report – there are some interesting guys on this Vikings injury report right now, starting off with Irv Smith Jr. But who are some guys that Vikings fans should know about that may or may not play on Sunday?
1: Yeah, Gabe, the toughest news for the Vikings was Ezra Cleveland not practicing all week with that ankle injury, so he'll be out for another game for the Vikings. But uh, Drew Samia, the fourth-round pick from last year, the guard, returns to the Vikings' active roster from the COVID-19 list. And Mark Fields, the cornerback who played a few games this season and even started against the Green Bay Packers, Um, he returns from the injured reserve list, which is very much needed at this point in the season. And you touched on Irv Smith. He's still battling that groin injury and is listed as doubtful. Afadio Denebo, after not practicing on Wednesday, returned to practice um, with a shoulder-slash-concussion and is, is not listed on the final injury report. So expect him to play in this game.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest one that stands out to me is Ersman Jr. So we saw the Detroit game. He had two catches, two touchdowns uh, against the Chicago Bears. He had a couple of catches. And then this past week he had those two big catches on on first and 25 and then second and 15 that ended up uh, leading to a Vikings touchdown drive. And I, I really think that this tight end group can have success. and uh, But, however, I do think that success – Uh, rides a lot on Irv Smith Jr. and his versatility at that tight end position so hopefully we'll see guys like Kyle Rudolph and Tyler Conklin step up in big time moments but moving on to the Carolina Panthers side of the ball we were talking off air and we were saying hey if Teddy Bridgewater was playing the Vikings last week he would have played so no surprise not seeing him on the injury report but some other guys on this list other than Dante Jackson who were some guys on this Carolina Panthers team um, that Vikings fans should know about
1: McCaffrey with that shoulder injury was a limited participant in practice all three days this week, listed as questionable. So don't completely count him out in this game. And
0: yeah, and he's dealing with multiple injuries, shoulder and an ankle. Has only played three games this year. Hasn't played since Week Nine. So I mean, even if he does play, there can be some rust there, right?
1: That's for sure. So watch out for for McCaffrey. Probably a game time decision. Obviously, we know Mike Davis has been really successful for them out of the backfield, so he's a player also to keep an eye on that will definitely be playing in this game. But uh, speaking of the questionable, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Panthers that are questionable for this game against the Vikings. Linebacker Tahir Whitehead. Uh, with a rib injury, questionable. Uh, also, Russell Okung, the big tackle with a calf injury, he was limited all week and is questionable. So a lot of names on this list. This team's a little banged up as well, just just like the Vikings.
0: And, yeah, and their left tackle, Russell Okung, if he if he can't play, expect a guy like Afadi Odenabo, who's been on this injury report for the Vikings, to have a big day. I, I would expect Afadi to play this week, but if the Panthers are without their starting left tackle and their guard, Expect this Vikings defense to have a field day if that's the case. But coming up later in the show, after the break, we hear from Vikings Game Day Live, Ron Johnson, who gets us up to speed with everything you need to know regarding the Vikings versus Panthers matchup this upcoming Sunday. Pilot Games has teamed up with the Minnesota Vikings to create the all new Vikings victory electronic pull tab game. Pilot Games is the largest charitable giving provider in the state, and when you play Vikings Victory, your community wins. Play Vikings Victory today, anywhere pilot's electronic pull tabs are offered. Hey, Vikings fans, this football season, make Pepsi your go-to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. Sacks for Apps is back for the 2020 season, and if the Vikings record two or more sacks in a game, Fans can receive a free appetizer at Buffalo Wild Wings with a $20 purchase. Visit vikings.com slash BWW for details. What is up? Welcome back to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Gabe Henderson here alongside Chris Corso and our guest of the night, Vikings game day live, former Minnesota Gophers wide receiver, Ron Johnson. Ron, what's up, man? How was your Thanksgiving first and foremost?
3: You know, food and uh, small family, you know, just the immediate and, you know, just a chance to get away. You know, I, actually having games canceled uh, for me personally wasn't as bad uh, because I actually got a chance to just do nothing for mm-hmm. a day or two, which has not happened in what, eight, nine weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, it's, it's, it's good. And for me, that's what I took out of it. The food is – hey, that's a, that's a bonus. <laughs> but for me, it's the calm your mind down and let's get ready for these last six games of the NFL season.
1: Four and yeah. six – and coming off probably the toughest loss that I could remember in a really long time, how do we rebound moving forward? What's the key for you heading into this game against the Carolina Panthers?
3: Uh, when you look at Dallas and, and what they did, and then you look at uh, Tennessee Titans, you know, again, a chance to win the game. You look at the Seahawks, player coverage, you win that game. And so Kirk Cousins has thrown – go-ahead touchdowns in three games in the fourth quarter. So it's not like the offense isn't doing enough to win these games. And then you go down those three games, they've lost those games. You know, you can't leave DK Metcalf wide open. You can't not cover DK Metcalf. I don't care if you think the ball is going over his head. You cover the man. You put your back on his chest so he can't run through you to the ball. You put your hands up and then you just say, boom, it's an uncatchable ball. No, you Mm -hmm. keep running and you let this absolute freak god of a man jump out of the gym, where he uses 41 inch vertical Mm -hmm. and make a prolific catch. And then the mental, and so that's what P.J. Fleck talks about responding, and Zimmer brings up too, how are you going to respond? The response from Cameron Dance is what we want to see. Okay, yeah, you gave that play up, but you got time. You get down to the red zone, we call cover two, man, you don't cover your man. You play cover two. And you can see it. He stayed outside like he was playing cover two. Thank and you, you can see Harrison Smith absolutely livid because he's like, dude, we're in cover two, man. That's your guy. And so those are the miscues that we saw early that we didn't see late. And then we saw him pop up again in the Dallas game. And so that's the key is what are the guys not understanding when Zimmer calls a coverage? Because if they play Zimmer's coverage, they win these games. And that's the bottom line. So I think to not be four and six, the defensive backs have to, and not Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. The corners, the young corners, have to understand the coverage at every moment, understand your key. So that's the little stuff that teams are using against the Vikings. They know Zimmer's guys are young. They know bunch sets and motions and stuff like that is confusing them. I mean, we saw it in the the tight end being wide open. That was just confusion. And so that stuff can't happen. It set you up perfectly for this because
1: I wanted to see – what your reasoning was for the 4-6 and six re- record. The average Vikings fan is going to say it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins this. then doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. You can't put this on number eight. I mean, and the Vikings fans, if you go through social media, that's what they're saying. So what's your opinion on that?
3: They had a reason early. So if you look at the first yes. two games... Kirk Cousins' passer rating on second down, and second down is important. We know third down is money down, but second down is the process to the money. And so if you think about reaping what you sow, you're going to reap money. on second down. And then third down, you're going to sow what you reap. On second down, Kirk Cousins had a 20.8 passer rating. That was the worst. 20.8, 20.8. And so when you think about that, what was he doing on second down? Let's go to the coach game. He took a sack. ill will packers game just could not find guys you know forcing balls in there so little things like that is where kirk i think struggled early and yes we can say no preseason we can say not a lot of meetings with his new coach uh because people are like oh kubiak's been here yeah but it's a new system fast forward to these last three games before dallas kirk cousins had a 101.3 passer rating on second down so he became the best like, he killed it. He was in, like, the top four or five, I think. And then you look at just completion percentage and all that stuff on second down. He was ending up in third and short. He was ending up in third and one. He was actually bypassing third down and getting first downs on second down. Fast forward now. He's winning these games. He's going out there balling. He's finding the guys. He's getting Jefferson involved. He's getting Thielen involved. And, so, and Dalvin Cook's running on all cylinders. So you have to look at the small things. I think the defensive line is doing all they can do with what they have. I think the linebackers are pro bowlers. The safeties are good. The corners are where they struggle. And unfortunately, in this league where it's a passing league, you have to have sound corner play.
0: You talk about Kirk just in the last four games, nine touchdowns, one interception, over 70% completion rate. I mean, the guy's playing at an all-time high right now. I told Corso off-air if, you know, he had won, Kirk had won that last game and had a decent game against his Carolina Panthers team, he would be in the running for Offensive Player of the Month in the month of November. How do Kirk Cousins and his Vikings offense continue to have success against this team?
3: Well, they're without Christian McCaffrey, so normally – He's their reap and sow guy. He's their second down guy where you might get a play action screen. A lot like Dalvin. You know, you're going to get a a run outside and then you're going to get a run, fake run, reverse. You're going to get a run screen. You're going to get a Texas route out of it. I mean, Chris McCaffrey, that's why he got paid all that money. He's a beast. Um, They're one of the worst teams as far as third to go how many yards to go on third down they're one of the worst um and so what the vikings have to do though is not fall asleep because what you can't do is on third and seven just assume oh man let's pin our ears back because they still run stuff underneath the curtis samuels uh they're gonna send robbie anderson on some crossing routes where they like to crisscross and create a mismatch they like to bunch and have the tight income free and so that's the things where you still have to have your eyes paying attention and then if teddy is playing and uh, P.J. Walker is good, too. I mean, the kid can move, mm-hmm. so you cannot rush too far upfield on either of those guys. Teddy's not as fast as P.J., but when you rush upfield, you can't just assume it's going to be a statue, you know, back there. These two kids can move, so you have to contain, but then don't, like Zimmer says, don't run past the pocket. Run up to the pocket and then try to pressure it in. Push mm-hmm. him in and then let him bounce outside of you so then you can cut him off and contain, but That's the things they're going to have to do. Like on third down, yeah, they've been bad, but they've just been bad because they don't have their man. Like I I think they struggle. And Matt Rule, that's the problem is when you're a college coach and you come in with this superstar in your head, like Chris McCaffrey's my guy, blah, blah. Then when it's time when he's hurt, it's like, okay, crap, what do I do? I don't know these guys. I don't know these other guys. I know Christian. I know this. You can only know so much from film because you were at Baylor. And so now he's having to learn these other guys and what they're good at, what they can do. But that's the difference in a guy like Zimmer, who's had his guys. When this guy goes down, he's ready for the next guy. When this guy goes down, he's ready for the next guy. And that's what happens when you have a coach that has been there for a while.
0: Is there a way we we make the playoffs? I know it's game by game, but so you look at that bottom. Who's the five, six,
3: seven? Well, five most likely you can't really affect because it's the Buccaneers. And I think the unless you beat the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers fall. Six and seven is extremely like it's within reach, yeah. especially seven because it, one you gotta you gotta jump over nine first, which is the Bears. So you win this week, you win next week, you take care of business on your own. The Bears are probably gonna lose to the Packers on Monday night, uh, and then the Bears are probably gonna lose again. So now you jump the Bears, <laughs> you're eight, you're one, you're 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 looking at them and you can't touch them. You know how do I get up there? Well, the Cardinals. The Cardinals have to lose, and it's in reach because the Cardinals are it's all go. Are all mm-hmm. trash like mm-hmm. they if they're going on all cylinders they're the one of the best teams in the NFL if Kyler Murray's tricks aren't working they struggle because you look at Larry Fitzgerald he should have way more catches than he has yep. you know what I mean it's, it's almost like he's not out there anymore because you got Christian Kirk you got DeAndre Hopkins and those two guys are doing it you know and then you got uh little Kyler doing all his things second half of the season these last six you could say you know what man let's just take D hop out Let's make him go to Larry and see if they have a rapport. Yeah, Mm -hmm. see if they have a rapport. And then you go look at those other games. I think the Saints and the Bucks; those are 50-50 games because you don't know what team you're going to get. The Vikings play well against the Saints, especially, you know, in big moments. Christmas, nobody's watching football on Christmas but us. Only people yeah. watching are the Vikings Saints. So yeah. everybody's going to be tuned in. I mean, opening up gifts, eating turkey. I mean, we're going to be working, but everybody yeah. else will be opening up gifts, eating turkey while we're sitting over here doing pregame shows. But if you think about what that means and what that looks like, they can beat the Saints, I think. You know, Drew Brees, <laughs> 11 ribs. If he comes back, you got to hit him. You know, you're not trying to hurt him, but you want him to see goals. Let's it again. It's part of the game. You don't purposely try to hurt them, but you just make them see ghosts. Tap them on the back. Hey, I was here. You know, you let them know. And then you look at those other ones. You got the Bears again, and you got the Lions. You can win those. You can win those two. So if you win these next two, you beat the Lions and the Bears. That's four. That's four games. You're 10-6 and at that point. These next 2 Bucks Bucs-Saints. What mm-hmm. team shows up? If we get Kirk Cousins in the in the defense specifically that played against the Seahawks and they finish, you have a chance. Because the Vikings in the fourth quarter, the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, the Vikings defense has faced the most plays in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's too, You're on the field too much. You the last two minutes of the game, you're on the field way too much. You got to go three and outs, get the ball back so we can go victory. So that means they're on the field too much. The last two minutes of the second half, of the first half, sorry. The last two minutes of the second quarter. Same, they have given up the most points. So, what does that mean? They're not going into the half with positivity. You can't give up 46 points in the last two minutes of the second quarter. That's the worst six field goals in the set, you know, at the end of the second quarter. The most field goals given up by any team in the NFL. So, those little things have to change, and you can win these games. And that's Mm -hmm. that's the key is like they still have a small chance, which I think is good because if they had no chance you would see a lot of players dialing it in. You would see a lot more players saying, man, put me on IR, my knee hurts. Uh, But the fact that they still have a chance, you're going to get a lot of guys still trying to compete. You're going to get a lot of rookies like Jalen Holmes still trying to get out there. You're going to get a lot of guys like DJ Wanham trying to show he can do it. Uh, You know, you look at cornerbacks, you better want to do it because you're playing for your job. There's no reason to keep Chris Boyd, uh, any of these guys, you know, Chris Jones, all these extra pickups here if Mike Hughes comes back and and Zimmer doesn't think he can get anything out of them. So they're playing as well for their future because – how they do in these last six is going to determine what Zimmer and Spielman do in the off season. Do we draft more quarterbacks again? You know, cause they're going to have a a, a pick. And do you, if there's no quarterback there to take, like if, if a guy that you like from BYU or even Trevor Lawrence, which you're not going to get them, but, uh, Justin Fields, if any of those guys fall in your lap, do you take them? Or at that point, do you say, hey, let's go look at some of these cornerbacks? You know, Penn State has a really good kid. Uh, Nevada has a really good kid that probably could be a third fourth round guy that has a lot of swagger, a guy by the name of uh, Burdell Williams. He's an absolute just man-to-man guy. He fits Zimmer's system. He talks a lot, you know. Um, and so that's the things we have to look at. There's some There's some guys out here. Uh, where you can say, okay, there's a late-round corner we can get in our system. Or, hey, here's a here's a first-round Ohio State cornerback that, man, let's pull the trigger again. I mean, if we did it once, did it twice, let's do it thrice. And then is there a DN out there? You know, you have to find a, a counterpiece to that absolute monster in Daniel Hunter. And so that's what these last games mean for some of these guys on the team. You're playing for your job.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, next game up is the Carolina Panthers matchup number 15 between the Vikings and Panthers. The home team has won nine out of the last 14, so hopefully the Vikings can continue that trend. Ron, appreciate it, man.
3: No, thank you, guys. Have fun.
0: You can listen to that game right here on KFAN on Sunday at 12 p.m. Central Time, voice of the Vikings. Paul Allen will be calling that game alongside Pete Bursitz, Ben Lieber, and Greg Coleman. For Chris Corso, Ron Johnson, I'm Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. Pepsi, that's what I like.